Welcome to the Straight Shoot and View. Hey everybody, what is up? Straight Shoot and LJA here, and apologies for the raspiness in my voice. Just a little under the weather, but still wanted to bring you an episode of the Straight Shoot and View. So welcome to another episode of the Straight Shoot and View. Now this episode is going to be a little different. Um, it's one of them where it's going to be featuring a couple of my co-hosts, JBK, Coach JBK. Um, of coaching with JBK is going to jump on and Nathan Arsenal is going to jump on with me as well. And we're going to be talking about Chelsea and their recent spending spree, especially in the January 2023 transfer window. Spent a hell of a lot of money and because of the money they've spent and the level of money they've spent, well, a UEFA have actually closed a financial fair play loophole, but you'll hear more about that in a minute. But yeah, Here's our next episode of the Straight Shooting View about Chelsea and their January 2023 spending. See you on the other side, peeps. You know I hate conspiracy theories. I hate a good conspiracy theory. Because most of them, yeah, I'm not a fan of conspiracy theories, not at all. But you know what, yeah? I just thought to myself, potentially my next Straight Shooting View episode is going to be about Chelsea and... Them exploiting the financial fair play loophole with the long with the long contracts and um, amortization—that's the word—spreading <clears throat> um, spreading the cost. So essentially, paying for players on finance. Um, but yeah, it's one of them. It's not a new thing. Obviously, Barcelona did it to us with um, Coutinho. They spread that cost over four years, and that was contingent on them qualifying for the Champions League. But leaving that aside, yeah. I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks it, but you know how Chelsea have been buying a shed load of players since Todd Bowley took the club over? And also in January, I swear they've bought like seven, another seven players. Do you think that they're basically, they're bracing themselves for a transfer back? It, I know it sounds weird to say, but it's one of them, why else would you buy that many players? Because hoarding is one thing, but they're spending massive money buying in a bunch of players. And it's like, are you worried that the window's going to shut and there's a ban coming? I don't know. It's just a weird one. I know it's a bit of an odd theory, but literally just made me think about that when I was thinking about my next straight shooting view episode. So, yeah, let me know your thoughts on that one. Because, yeah, I don't know. It just seems to me that, yeah, this loophole's been closed, but... Yeah, it's it's just weird that you'd buy that many players in a in a January window, spending four five hundred million. Yeah, it's just really strange to me. It's just really really odd. In terms of what you're saying, in terms of the conspiracy, and obviously it could be. Um, didn't think of it, um, and there could be something to to look into there. Um, they've had one before. Um, whether whether that's the situation that they had before, and and they and they didn't necessarily deal with it, probably the same thing as as what's going on again. My only thing is, um, do I? I I don't think he. My only thing around the conspiracy is, I don't think he knows um, what good uh, what good football is. I think he's just bought it and just said, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy all of these players um and you go and deal with it. 
and that's what it was if you remember um back when Chelsea brought in Romano Bramovic where he brought a shed load of players he pretty much brought 25 players um I didn't know where to to really stick them so I think this is Chelsea being Chelsea if I'm honest um but let's see what happens if there is a financial fair play ban then hopefully it comes up that it happens for two seasons not just not just two transfer windows See, where this, for me, where it becomes interesting, yeah, it's definitely that parallel of, yeah, when Roman Abramovich first came over. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, di that direct comparison is brilliant. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of them ones where, where it's like, <sighs> Graham Potter's between a rock and a hard place because all these players have come in. I don't know if he's signed off on them. There's an interesting um, part as well because you look at some of the players that came in during the Abramovich era, you look at Fernando Torres being the example that sticks out like a sore thumb, Ancelotti didn't want him. You could see he was not an Ancelotti buy. So, but it was one of them ones, Roman Abramovich wanted him like years before when he saw Torres tearing it up with us. So, yeah, I mean, it is one of them where some people have said that Todd Bowley is basically playing football manager. Um, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, it, it's kind of like when the Glazers first came in. The Glazers knew nothing knew nothing about football. Some arguably would say they still don't with the amount of managers they've gone through and the job they've done at United. Um, but it is one of them where it's just like, Bowley, I think is just like, nah, throw money at it, let the manager deal with it. And I think it's going to be one of them ones where Graham Potter potentially will end up as a sacrificial lamb. Because if he does, if he's gotten all these players in, I think what eight players in this January window, which is insane. Um, after I was predicting it was going to be a quiet window, apart from Chelsea, it pretty much would have been. Um, but it's one of them where it's like Chelsea have spent so much that they can't afford to not make top four, and they're in what ninth, tenth as we speak now. So they have got an uphill battle. So it's one of them, and I said, if they don't make top four, then how are they going to balance those books? Because them as a club, and I've said this before during the Abramovich era, them as a club are not making that much money to be able to spend two, three, four hundred million per window. Because, <clears throat> as, as I said before, Chelsea got very lucky that Roman Abramovich basically wasn't allowed to call in that debt that they had, which I think was like a billion pounds um, that Chelsea had to Abramovich's, well, the holding company, which is obviously Abramovich's company. So they were very lucky that debt didn't get called in because they'd be done. So you, can, so you know they're not making the sort of money to be able to be spending that. So, yeah, it's an interesting one because, once again, it's a case of the club doesn't have money, the, owners, the owner does. Yeah, I think you're right, Liam. I saw your or heard your voice note about um, Chelsea spending, financial fair play, etc. And and I do suspect that they probably anticipate a transfer ban, or they're what they're doing is they're trying to utilise any loophole to get around the transfer ban. Hence the the implementation of these eight-year contracts on all of the players that they've signed. Um, over the over the last few weeks slash months, um, 
I would love this to, to absolutely blow up in their face. But, you know, when you've procured a player on an eight-year contract, if he flops, you're not going to get rid of him. That player's comfortable knowing he's getting the money that he's getting for eight years. He ain't going to move. Who's going to buy him? So Chelsea are really relying on 10 players coming good. Do you know what I mean? They've spent a lot of money and, and you know, obviously there's been a bit reactive, FIFA and UEFA, etc., in saying that now, um, you know, you're going to have to essentially make sure that you, you can only spread your payments over a five-year period as opposed to the eight-year period that Chelsea been doing. Because ultimately now they can then just do 10 million, 10 million a year per, per player. It's a joke the way they've tried to do it, but nice. Uh, I don't know if, 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 from what I understand, there seems to be some sort of gentleman's agreement where when he bought the club, he sort of indicated that he would do a lot of spending. So they bought, I mean, I, I just think Chelsea's spending has been very scattergun. I don't think it's had any real um, direction or plan around it. They've just literally buying anyone that they can. And they're now going to fit into around, fit it around whatever it is they're trying to do at the club. They need to offload a plethora of players in the summer, so it's going to be a period of instability. And as for Graham Potter, it, you know he's essentially a sitting duck because as soon as the results don't go their way, i.e., they don't get Champions League, or whatever, they're going to get rid of him, and then they'll be back to square one under a new manager. That new manager is going to have his own way of playing, but then you got you got an owner now who is taking the reins and doing it. So, listen, fuck Chelsea anyway, but it's, uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. They got Fulham Friday night. They're 10th in the league. Um, Hope they don't get Champions League because that will have an impact on their, on FIFA, uh, on the fair play rules as well. So, I just hope it blows up in their face, as I said. Now, you know what, that's a good point you make about basically players being comfortable because they're on such a long contract. Because people, you know, it, it's funny. People have said, oh, when we signed Klopp to that six-year extension years back, after about two years, <clears throat> and it was one of them people like, oh, that's madness. Oh, this and that, this and that. Oh, he's just going to get complacent. And it's like, well, no, it's a vote of confidence. But with players, like signing them like this, it's a little it's a little bit different with a player and a manager. And even though even though yeah, um you I think you're right in saying that if a player's there for six, seven years, they're not gonna wanna leave because they're getting a the massive paycheck. Every now and then you will get an exception, like Nathan Ake, who obviously left Chelsea to go Bournemouth because he wanted first team football and then ended up at Man City and becoming a winner. You will get exceptions like that, but it's not often that that happens. A lot of players are happy to coast by, and I can't blame them, to be perfectly frank. I can't blame them financially. They're happy to coast by and be like, you know what? I'll just collect a paycheck. <laughs> I will collect a paycheck and do this for purely financial reasons. Fine. And that's all well, that's all well and good. But if you've bought 10 players, eight, nine, 10 players in one window, you've already registered a squad of 25. So obviously you've got to re-register that stuff in January as well, <clears throat> January, February. You've got to re-register that squad. Then you've got to change up your Champions League squad because imagine coming in from say a Champions League team like um, Modric, for instance, 
just coming from a Champions League team, imagine he doesn't make the Champions League squad. How unhappy would you be coming from a team playing European football to going to Chelsea and just sitting there and not playing any European football at all if you're not picked in the squad? There's that. So, as I said, Potter, as I said before, Potter's been put between a rock and a hard place. And, yeah, he is definitely a sitting duck. He was always going to be anyway for replacing Thomas Tuchel when he did. So, it is one of them sometimes you fall on your own sword. And he could have stayed at Brighton, kept doing what he's doing. But he wanted to go to Chelsea, try there. It's like, you've got to know that that's a managerial graveyard. You don't get time there. <clears throat> I mean, even the transfer ban that they got previously, it gave Lampard a bit more time because it would have looked pretty messed up if you had fired someone when they've got a transfer, when they've just been handed a transfer ban. Because it's like, well, what could I have done? I can't bring anyone in. So could easily go unfair dismissal on that one. But I just look at it as, yeah, Chelsea's approach has been very scattergun because I saw a graphic that's like, oh, Chelsea's squad depth. And they've got like literally three players in every position. You can only you can only register 25 at one time. It's like it's like the Nottingham Forest thing at the beginning of the season where they bought a shed load of players and it took time to click and still their results have not been like overly consistent. So they picked up recently, but obviously that's taken time from August. So it's it, it's a crazy one. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm hoping Chelsea fall on their own sword because they've just reverted to type. And this was just like when, as, as Jamie said, when Abramovich first came came in and was just like, ah, oh, bugger it. I've got enough money. I'll just buy two complete teams. And then Chelsea ended up by, basically buying the league and bored us all to tears in that first season doing it. But if you're going to do that approach, you have to have an experienced manager at the helm to be able to not only do man management, but controlling egos. And if everybody's getting paid huge money, it's like, you got to be able to command that level of respect as well. And it's, like I said, like Graham Potter has been put in a very difficult position. I wonder how many of those players he signed off on, as mentioned earlier. Was it one? Was it two? Was it five? Was he not involved at all? So that's where stuff starts becoming interesting as well in terms of, as I said, how many players did he sign off on? How many of those does he feel he can work with? How many of those fit into his squad plan? So, yeah, man, it's, it, it's all about how are Chelsea going to give all of those players that they've signed to those long contracts with that loophole? Are they going to have those players around for that long? Are they going to send them all out on loan for two, three, four years like a Tammy Abraham? like a Patrick Bamford and never ever give him a chance in the first team. What's going to happen there? I mean, there's so much with that. And that's and FIFA and UEFA are generally reactive anyway, so wouldn't rely on them for anything. But so on them, if they're, if they're going to... Remember how they, how they stung teams like Monaco, among others. Let's see, let's see what they do here. Because at the end of the day, it's like you shouldn't have these kind of loopholes in place. It's like when the um, the homegrown rule came in, <clears throat> and I was uh, the Premier League's homegrown homegrown rule, and I was like, well, Emiliano Insua is a walking loophole. 
Same with Cesc Fabregas with you guys. But it was one of them where it's like, oh, you're considered homegrown if you've been at that club for, what was it? I think it was two, three, four years before your 21st birthday. Emiliano and Tua had been with us since he was 16. Same with Fabregas at Arsenal. So both of them technically count as homegrown. Loopholes. And that's an easy loophole to see. So it's kind of like UEFA have actually basically encouraged this kind of behavior by Chelsea. All you got, all you got to really do is just look past the headlines and be like, oh yeah, there's a loophole to be exploited. Good, let's do it. And Chelsea have done it. And now, now nobody else can do it. So in theory, Chelsea have got a really unfair advantage. But just because they were they exploited the loophole and they were the first to do it doesn't make it right. But um, hey, you gotta give them props that they've done it. But it's all gonna. I think it's all gonna come home to roost at some point for Potter and for Bowley because then, as you said, they're gonna have to have a clear out during the summer because they're gonna have a load of players who are gonna be unhappy because they know they're not gonna get the game time that they want. So that's got. I said earlier, that's got to be managed. But that's Chelsea's problem. <laughs> and that is another episode of the straight shooting view about Chelsea and their major spending major spending what are your thoughts on it are they bracing themselves for a transfer ban by signing as many players as they can or is Todd Bowley just basically playing football manager and signing anybody he likes to look of just randomly is it a scattergun approach by Chelsea Football Club in terms of their January 2023 transfer window they've been the busiest side and that's including Nottingham Forest too but www.pitch-talk.com is the official website. At Pitch Talk on Twitter, tweet with us, follow us, see what we're up to. Facebook.com forward slash Pitch Talk. Become a fan, become a friend, become a member of the group. Join the Football and Revolution we are working so hard to create. At Pitch Talk on Instagram for vlog previews and much, much more. Also, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, Ghana, G-A-A-N-A, Verbal, V-U-R-B-L, so many platforms, wherever you catch your podcast, wherever you're grabbing, wherever you're downloading, wherever you're streaming from, that's where we are as well. YouTube.com forward slash Pitch Talk for all of our video material as well. We're also on TikTok and we're also on Reddit. Search for Pitch Talk on both of those platforms too. I have been Straight Shooting LJA and until next time, thank you for joining myself, Coach Chief JBK and also Nathan Arsenal here on the Straight Shooting View. Take care, peeps. Join the Pitch Talk revolution. Check out the official Pitch Talk website. www.pitch-talk.com Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV, including special feature segments. Five minutes with the G. The straight shooting view. Coaching with JBK. We produce, record and edit video content. And audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Verbal, Podomatic, Anchor, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk Revolution on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and www.pitch-talk.com. The pitch is where we eat. The pitch is where we sleep. And the pitch is where we talk. I can see you now.